Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here. Travis Crins alongside me. Travis, how are we doing this evening? It's good. It's still raining, so it appears it'll rain forever. Well, we haven't gotten any rain up here in Fargo lately, so uh, send it up our way, please. By all means, take all of it. How much rain has Mitchell gotten? Well, we got a little bit, not a lot today. We're starting to get like a half inch tomorrow night. Okay. Speaking of rain, it rained at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, and that's where we were going to begin this week's podcast, wow. because because why, I mean, that's exactly what we had planned last week. You know, we, we spent so much time covering the Kentucky Derby, so uh, why not start things off? For those that didn't watch it, or watched it and then shut it off right away. Well, you had it. Yeah, you would have thought maximum security would have won the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby. You would be mistaken because uh, it turns out he was DQ'd, or as uh, uh, Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports says, Dairy Queened, which I love. It's a great product placement there. Um, because he. By the way, yeah. I have to interrupt here quickly. Yes. I went to Dairy Queen twice on Saturday. Twice? Yeah, the same one twice. Second time I had a uh, blizzard. Okay. Uh, uh, well, you're, par- you're, you're partial to the apple pie, apple yes. pie fall blizzard. Yeah, the, yes, whenever it comes out. It hasn't been out in like yeah. two years, which is very upsetting. Seasonal only. Well, this one I assume, since it has summer in the name, is only around during the summer. Uh, but this was a a summer berry cheesecake blizzard. Ooh, yum. That's uh, was purple and like mulberries in it. It was exceptional. Ooh, I'm gonna have to reach out and uh, go to Dairy Queen now for that. Uh, the summer berry cheesecake blizzard. Well, you know their, their strawberry cheesecake is very good to begin with. So. I would assume it'd be the same thing, just you know the berries, the berries, mm. the cheesecake. The whole mm. thing was was on the up and up. Uh, scrumptious. Yeah. Ooh, very very well, good. Utmost, utmost importance. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so you know the the race ends. Um, you know that you know. The, uh, the the maximum security team is excited. You know, yeah, Luis Luis Saez, the the jockey, the 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 owner, the trainer, everyone's excited. And then they start cutting away. Like I have the sound down for this, so I'm like, okay, he won. You know that that's awesome and everything. And then they start looking away and like, oh, okay, what what's going on? And if you shut it off right after that, you're like, oh, that's sweet, maximum security won. But wait, a 20-plus minute review determined that he veered into the uh, lane and impeded the progress of several horses, and he ended up being disqualified. And as a result, a 65-to-1 odd country house is declared the winner. Now, he was the horse that finished second. Yet, he was not the horse that got interfered with at all. And so, this has never happened in the history of the Kentucky Derby that a horse gets disqualified and they have to go through this whole lengthy review process and everything. And the, the stewards are, are going through, they're interviewing the jockeys, they're, they're, they're just looking through everything. And people, 150,000 plus people at Churchill Downs are like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, and finally, it's declared Country House is the winner. Maximum security gets disqualified. And uh, while I think that 
it was probably the right decision because you it, it is very easy to see the horse maximum security veers right like a good you know five ten feet and impedes the progress of a couple of the horses makes i think makes contact with one of them and you you obviously the safety of the horses first and foremost the jockeys yes to a certain extent but if if you had a crash with a whole bunch of horses that would be that would be devastating potentially you could see a lot of horses have to go down as a result of this and no one wants to see that that's just awful but as a result of this I think it it leaves a lot of people unhappy, unsatisfied with the result. A lot of people are upset. A lot of people then there are there's that other section that say they got it right. If you listen to some of the racing analysts, they say that the correct call was made. I can't definitively say that it was. Uh, but I'm not a horse racing expert. So in your opinion, in your mind, was the right call made? Should Maximum Security have been disqualified? Should Country House have won the Kentucky Derby? Like I saw it, maybe saw a replay of this. It didn't look any better than any other horse race I've ever seen. This has never happened before in the Kentucky Derby. I don't know. I had disqualifying that. Like the second place horse has to win, so that's fine. I mean... But, I mean, you're not going to give it to anybody else. So, okay, number one's disqualified. It's just like in any, it's like in the Olympics. You know, a gold medalist gets disqualified or mm-hmm. failed the drug test. I'm going to give it to the silver medalist. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. I, but, uh, as far as the ruling, I don't know. seems like that happens in every race. Horses are cutting each other off at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um... It didn't seem any different to me, so I'm fine with. I, I would have left. I guess I would have left him the winner. I guess he won the race. I guess I was. So, here's where I have some issues with this, and again, I don't know what necessary outcome we could have had a different, but. I don't necessarily think that Country House should have won just because he finished second because he wasn't a horse that got interfered with at all. You're talking well, you can't about... You can't give it to anybody else. You can't give it to anybody else. Well, but... This is like the Olympics. The Olympics happen. Yeah. You know, if the bronze medalist gets a bronze medalist, something happens, we'll finish fourth. But like the, the, the horse with Toddy in the name and like Vet Express or whatever, or Express Vet, whatever the hell that, that, that other horse's name was. Those are the two horses that were most affected by this. So how, are, how can you say that those horses would not have gotten, you know, first or been in second or third place? They would have probably leaped ahead of Country House. So I think, uh, I think it's... They had a whole two miles to do so and they did something. Wasn't it? Wasn't it around the final turn though? Isn't that when they this happened? I, I think, or maybe there was a couple of instances, but I thought they had said around the final turn, or like a, a, the turn home. They said. Yeah. Like I mean, you, I, I saw the blog. Like I, I haven't read up on this in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't read up on this at all. But like I mean, second place. I mean, that's you give it the second place horse. That's I wouldn't consider anybody else to be up for sports. Place. And and they're in a very difficult position because obviously you can't just make all the horses run the race again. That's not fair to them. I mean that that'd be bad. You you train you train them for this one you know two minute race here, and then they get a couple weeks off before the Preakness. So I was thinking, you know, could they you know could they bump the the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes back a few weeks 
and just rerun the Kentucky Derby in a couple weeks. Well, no, that's not logistically reasonable. Well, maybe you could rerun the Kentucky Derby there at the end, you know, after the Belmont. But, you know, that probably gets inter- that interrupts the rest of the horse racing schedule. And it, you know, maybe the, the weather is a factor because it'd be extra hot and humid in Louisville at that time. Uh, Louisville, as the locals like to call it. Uh, so that's not great. So there really isn't a good, uh, there, there isn't a good thing that you, that, that you can put in to, to have the race done over again. I just am very unsatisfied with seeing a horse that finished second that win. I mean, I, I probably would have stayed with maximum security winning it all because yeah, I think you have to factor in the sloppy track. Because it, it was really wet. It had rained there most of the day. And also, I think you have to look at intent. And if you... In watching the replay, I don't it's see... Right. But I don't see the jockey looking back and saying, Oh, I gotta... You know, we gotta steer you over, uh, you know, another 5, 10 feet or so to, to impact the, the, you know, the other horses, the other, the other racers in this. So... I, I never saw that at Hall. If anything, he maybe he lost a little bit of control. But I even had remarked during the race, like, wow, they are really clumped together, like even more so than usual. You know, you have like a dozen horses all right next to each other. So it seems inevitable that maybe someone's not going to make some contact with another horse. I, I just, it's the, the end result is very unsatisfying, but I don't have a better outcome or a better thing that they could do to to make the race more plausible or a, a more satisfying ending. I have not heard anybody else have this opinion out of any. Well, probably. I, you know me, I'm very outside the box when it comes to some of this stuff. The second place thing is fine. You can't rerun the race, so the race is done. I think oh, it was either that night or the next morning after. I think it was probably that night. Like, oh, there are horses got disqualified. Like, really? Yeah, the only thing comparable would be, I guess, a NASCAR race or yep. race, a car race of some sort. Sometimes we'll see, you know, the winner gets disqualified, failed a post-race inspection or something happened illegally. So, not, not much you can do. Never happened. That will happen again. Again, I, from the little that I saw, I didn't see what was wrong with it. So, so w- would you... Decision on my poor decision for me, but... <laughs> So, we'll continue to race. So, so you would have kept maximum security then as the winner? Yes. I, yeah, I would say. I didn't think the horse did anything wrong or blocking. I mean, I did not see anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. The little horse racing that I watched. I mean, it, del- it they, the delayed, you know, response, you know, as the stewards are looking into this and looking at the replay and everything, I mean, it, it cut into Stanley Cup fight or Stanley Cup playoff uh, yeah. time there. They had to start the, the Bruins Blue Jackets game on NBCSN and it, it rightfully so because you need, you need the time and it's, and you need that you need the time first off for them to make the decision, but also the time to explain it and everything. I thought Mike Tirico and, and the NBC network did a very good job of doing that because I think they were as all perplexed as anyone. Again, this has never ever happened before. So, I mean, 
there's nothing to go off of. And then you hear about, oh, is replay too in, intrusive in in uh, uh, in sports? And like, has it gone too far? I would say no, but I, I, I guess I don't understand why the question came up because if I, I think maybe they're saying, oh, if we had if we didn't have so much replay, they would have just kept with the result on the track, and that maximum security would have won. Uh, by the way, the uh, the owner is appealing the decision of uh, maximum security getting disqualified. So we'll see if that ha- uh, if he wins the appeal or not. I would guess he will not, but. I, I found the whole is replay is replay overstepped its usefulness. I thought that was a little absurd, and we're like we're really grasping at straws here. Get it right. I don't give a damn. Just get it right. My biggest thing with replay is sometimes we don't know what the rules are, like mm-hmm. catches in the NFL, or is this a catch? Is this not a catch? Is this a fumble? Like, the rules are so convoluted, sometimes we don't know. Like, at the end of the NBA games, <clears throat> there was fouls. Last week, it was Golden State got away with fouls. This week, it's Houston got away with the, what uh, Arden had a charge at the end of the game. They just let pass. I think pretty obvious at the moment, but they didn't call it. They just, like, just get it right. And just uh, how restricted they are with replays. Like, they're going to replay pass interference. I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah. Like, can you touch the guy at all? It's a judgment call. Yeah, can you touch him a little bit? If you have, if, if you're grabbing his jersey, that should be past interference. So, and then you just get the call right. If you see something that's wrong, well, change it. So it's right. That's the biggest thing. I'm just watching baseball. I mean, uh, the Toronto manager, so I got thrown out. Because uh, of a terrible call, he called a strike on a pitch. That was not a strike. Uh, Twins pitcher got uh, the benefit of the call. wasn't a strike. wasn't necessarily even close to being a strike. Batter uh, he complained. Manager complained. Manager got thrown out. It's not. I mean, the umpire missed the call. So, and because of that, because the umpire was bad at his job, the manager got thrown out. So it's not the manager. Right, and you know they can do replay in uh, in baseball. Now, can't they? Can they? They can't challenge balls and strikes, though. Correct. That's no. not. And just, just, just get make make the make it consistent. I assume sometime here in the future we have an automated strike zone. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And we're changing baseball quite a bit to have a regulated strike zone. So that would be nice. That would be preferred. It would be more consistent. And that would be better. But not anytime soon. I hope it, hope it happens. Yep, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So there's that. Uh, the uh, the Preakness is in a couple weeks, and then the Belmont Stakes three weeks after that. We'll see if Country House with. I, I mean, I I feel very confident in saying that Country House is not going to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, maximum Security will not be racing in the Preakness, regardless of if the uh, the DQ gets overturned or not. So, uh, yeah, 15 minutes on horse racing there. Just uh, can't believe that we just did it, but we did. I assume if this horse would have won, he would have raced. Oh, yes. Right? Yep, I I would agree. Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't know why he's not racing anyway. He was like the favorite, wasn't he? uh, He was the second favorite. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Omaha Beach was the favorite. He he got scratched uh, due to some health concerns. 
Uh, so yeah, maximum maximum security was the second uh, odds-on favorite entering the race on Saturday. So yeah, I guess I'm not sure. Race win. Yeah. Race win, and that's two. That's right. Uh, NBA playoffs here. Uh, we'll just briefly gloss over that. Uh, the second round has been far more entertaining than the first round. Uh, Boston has just lost to Milwaukee, so Milwaukee owns a 3-1 lead in that series. Uh, yes, good indeed. Toronto nodded things up with Philadelphia on Sunday. 2-2 that series is. Kawhi Leonard has been magnificent. The only reason Toronto has won two games so far in this series is because of him. He's been When Toronto's won... Kawhi Leonard has put on a show, and that's what they're going to need to do to get by in the series. It's it's interesting to me, just looking at the talent that Toronto has, that they're struggling as much as they are at times. I get Philadelphia's a good team, but, I mean, I I think Toronto's overall a more talented team. I would say Philadelphia is more talented. The only reason I say Toronto... Well, I guess Kyle. I mean, Kyle Lowry is like Ben Simmons. Has like, I think Philadelphia has three All Stars. Toronto has one. Like Kyle Lowry, right? Not no. Like Kawhi Leonard is a top ten player. Yep. Embiid's top ten. One healthy. Sim- Simmons is good. Jimmy Butler's an All Star. Like Philadelphia should win this series. I don't know if they. I mean, they're more talented. They have Tobias Harris. They have all these guys. And uh, Toronto's a one-man show. So, I mean, the, the, the trade for Leonard was a good trade. It, regardless of if they win this series or not, they just they just weren't going to go anywhere with DeMar DeRozan as your best player. Right. Like, he, can, he cannot be your best player. You're not winning the title or getting to the finals. Give me give me the odds that uh, the, the, the percentage that uh, chance that Toronto is able to keep Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to put it at 15%. I'd say 40. 40? Because they could offer him a max contract, right? Huh? They could offer him a ma- uh, the max contract, right? I don't know where, like, where's he going to go? The, the Clippers? The Clippers. Clippers, Lakers? Like, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think the list is very long. You, If he stays in Toronto... It's them and Milwaukee for the foreseeable future, and Boston. I mean, it's it's the same four teams. Philadelphia. Yeah, yep. Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee. I don't know if if moving out west does it does it factor in? Will his decision? I guess maybe he'll wait and see what KD does. I mean, KD. The 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 fact that the New York Knicks are like sixteen to one odds now to win the twenty twenty NBA championship is a is a joke. It's an absolute joke and disgrace. Um, you know, the, they're banking. You know, the odds makers are banking on KD coming to, to the Knicks, Kyrie Irving coming to the Knicks, Zion Williamson landing. I'm already telling you right now, if the Knicks get, win the lottery, it's a crock. I'm going to call foul on the NBA, even though they have. You know, the, a good they they do have a good chance, but I'm just going to call Croc because the NBA wants the Knicks to be so desperately good again. But um, no, I I would hope KD doesn't go there. If you want to go to New York, go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got a far better future than than the Knicks yeah. do. Uh, so I mean that that to me is a is a joke. But I I would guess that 
Kawhi might wait to see what KD does and and make that. And if I were KD, I'd stay in Golden State because he's been dominant there. If you could dominate in the West, I like just keep winning championships with Golden State. Do Golden State could be it is this, it could essentially be the New England Patriots of the NBA, where these guys just take a lower salary, kind of like Tom Brady said on the Jimmy Kimmel show last week. Said I take a less salary, you know, to to make sure that we can. Sign all the guys. Here, here's the quote from from that. Uh, let's get it here. Well, his wife is all. His wife is also right. Yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, Giselle makes a lot more than he does. It. Here's the quote. He said, "the The thing I've always felt for me in my life, winning has been a priority, and my wife makes a lot of money. I'm a little smarter than you think. It's a salary cap. You can only spend so much, and the more that one guy gets is less for others. From a competitive advantage standpoint, I like to get a lot of good players around me. That's perfect. That's how. That's why the the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. And they're going for seven. That, that, that's nice. That, that makes a lot of sense. It. But New England doesn't sign anybody though." Their offense this year, from what I remember, was not good. They were down to no receivers. Like, they don't sign guys. Like, again, like of, of all of these years, go back to the beginning, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, whatever. There's Tom Brady, there's Gronkowski. Those are the only two Hall of Famers I could think of. Moss is a Hall of Famer. Was there for, what, four years or so? Yep. All of these guys come and go. So if you want to save, you know, $10 million a year on Brady, that's fine. Wes Welker was know. there for a while, and then, you know, Julian Edelman, of course. But, like, you know, they don't, and I think that's the most remarkable thing of the whole thing is, you look at uh, the dynasties, you know, the Pittsburgh teams, Dallas, San Francisco, look at all the dynasties throughout the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they're, they got, you know, probably no less than half a dozen Hall of Famers. Right. This one, you have the coach, quarterback, and the tight end. And the tight end retired when, what, he's 30 years old? Yeah. Like, so they're saving money. I don't know what they're using that money for. Linemen, whatever. They usually trade guys. Prostitutes. They're using it for prostitutes at massage parlors in Florida. Absolutely. They trade that. uh, The old tucky-sucky. They get the whole thing. So they're saving money somehow. They're not signing anybody with that money, I guess. They, They just... Just a revolving door at uh, a, a two mansion. It's why what the Patriots have done is the most remarkable run we've ever seen in sports, and probably ever will see, at least in our lifetimes. Uh, but again, it name, just, name, you could do this quite easily. Name me the quarterbacks right now of the teams in that division. Okay. Uh, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is in Miami, but they just got Josh Rosen, so I will, you know, Josh Rosen okay. there. Uh, Josh Allen of uh, your boy Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, of course. and Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And I mean, and part of it is that division has been like if they were in the same division as Baltimore and or Pittsburgh and or the Colts and or just somebody, somebody. I mean, and or the Saints. Been, <laughs> the Saints of the Packers. Yeah, they've been fortunate to not to play in the worst division. That's the worst division in football. Oh, easily, for yes. Last, for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets had a couple good years. Miami would have a good year every now and then. Buffalo uh, didn't make the playoffs for a long time, 15 years. So they, they were very fortunate. 
Yes. Yep. Uh, I can't remember now how we got back to the whole... Oh, how we went Jake to Tom Brady. Bundy, but, Durant, right, yes, Durant, yes. Because yep. I'm fine with him going uh, to Golden State because there's no other team that he could have went to where he would have had a better chance to win. And what has been there two years, they won both. Yep. The, the optics uh, looked bad because he had just lost to them. So it was right. like the if you can't beat him, join him. I think that's what I think that's what looked the the worst. That was the worst part of the whole deal with him going to Golden State. You can be like him, and I think they're going to win it again this year. Like everybody does, win three in a row. You can be like him, or you can be like Westbrook and not get out of the first round. Yeah. I mean, you know, do, stay with one team and do that. Like, if he goes somewhere, like he goes to the Knicks, they're not the favorite for any goddamn thing. Huh. Put, <laughs> put Kyrie, put, put, uh, put Kevin Durant, put Kyrie Irving, put Zion. I don't give a shit. Put them all on the Knicks. I would pick Golden State to beat that team. Oh yes, Golden State, Golden State is fine without Kevin Durant. They made it to, they they, they uh, won a finals without him. They should have won a second one before he got there. I would not, I would not have any problem picking Golden State to win next year. Yeah, they, as long as they got everybody except Durant there, that's fine. You know, they pick up somebody else. Right, and the they want to come back. Let's, let's come on back. Because they, again, they're putting the odds makers have New York fourth right now in the East, behind Milwaukee, behind Boston, behind Philadelphia, and so I, you know, because they're doing these these projections, and that would obviously mean then that they don't think that Toronto is going to be able to keep Kawhi Leonard because if they if they did think yeah. that, then Co- there's no way that the Knicks would be above Toronto. I I just I can't see that happening uh, because Toronto would have a more complete team than New York with a couple of all-stars. But I, Again, this has been going on for a long, like 20, 30 years now with the Knicks. Like, why? Is, I don't know. New York doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Okay, New York, okay, you're in New York City. Madison Square Garden. Okay, that's fine. What what the fuck does that matter to me? There's a team in Oakland. There's a team in Oakland that's been kicking everybody's ass for five years. Oakland, Oakland. Well, the, the, this is the last year in Oakland. They're moving to San Francisco next year at the new Chase Center. So. Okay, across the across the uh, the bay, the bridge. There's yep. there's a team in Milwaukee kicking everybody's ass this year. Yes. It, it doesn't matter where you play. Why would you want to go to New York? There's nobody there. Kyrie Irving. Very unimpressive. Right. The Boston the far. They did a whole lot better with him without him last year. East is better this year, but Christ, you gotta do better than what they're doing. That I mean they're the most disappointing team in the league. Boston. Yes. I mean, they were they were the favorite. I thought they were gonna go to the finals. They almost did it last year, game seven. And they get Kyrie Irving back and Gordon Hayward back and no, that that didn't work well. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, Irving tonight, tw- much better. 23 points, 10 assists, at 6 rebounds. But 7 of 22 shooting, 1 of 7 from 3. Uh, not good in Boston, like say, down 3-1. The West... Like, I mean, uh, it, you know, these playoffs have been garbage. Yes. But if it's Milwaukee and Golden State, I mean, that's got to be the best. I mean, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland with Kyrie Irving loved him. That was a good... That was highly anticipated. That was pretty nice. Right. Um... But like a Milwaukee Golden State series, I would watch that. Yeah, 
No, I, I have to go. Milwaukee shoots a ton of threes. They've got a guy. I would, yeah, that would be very good. I want to see Toronto and Portland, though I do think Toronto-Denver oh, would be the worst case scenario for the NBA. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past. I mean, that the Portland-Denver series, going into it, was the series that everyone, I think, would care the least about. And it has been by far the best of the four series. Uh, that that quick, that four overtime game Friday night and game three in Portland was epic. I mean, that's gonna we're gonna remember that for years to come. Uh, then you know they followed that up Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. You know they put on a you know a fantastic performance in game four and lead Denver to a to a 116-112 win so they've got regained home court advantage here. I still think Portland's got a good chance to win this series, but they could have got they could have put the death grip on the series had they won game four. But just the back and forth with this with between these two teams, these two Northwest Division rivals, awesome stuff. Uh it's been a very very good series by far the best of the playoffs so far. Portland got a better chance to beat Golden State, but I think Denver now with the home court back. Mm-hmm. You know, in series in seven, I think home teams win the rest of the way. I think Denver's going to make the uh, conference finals. Your I'm Nuggets. About. Your Nuggets. Oh, man, I, I, mean, I, I like the Nuggets. We, we, uh, we like the Nuggets early on, and they uh, they proved to be good. I mean, you know, it's early on in the baseball season and all this, and the Nuggets were good early on, and it's early and things. I mean, Seattle doesn't appear to be any good anymore. They had a great start and they've scuffled now. But a lot of the times, if you start good, it means that you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes things even out. Just because you start good and then are, and are a surprise doesn't mean that you're a surprise and you're not going to finish well. Twins are a surprise right now. I think they're very good. They have exceeded my – we both thought they were going to win the division. Yep. And right now, I'm looking at the American League, and it's not all that difficult. Last year was very tough. Yankees won 100 games. Boston won like 100 and some. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rays were outstanding. Yeah, Houston won 103 last year. Houston seems to be good. The Yankees are for good. Uh, Boston's at 500. Again, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Yep. But as far as the, the Twins, I like their chances of doing something. I think they won that division. I think, you know, they got a chance to be like the top, to have the best record in the American League. Not the, not the best record in baseball. Be- before I get... I think be- before yeah, I... Can... Going back to Denver, I mean, yeah. Denver, they were the one seed for a long, long time. They had the two seed just barely. And, you know, early on they were good. And they were like, well, you know, Denver, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. They can't be this good. Well, it fucking turns out they were pretty goddamn good. And they were the two seed... Now they're two games away from going to the being one of the last two teams left in that conference. So mm-hmm. just because you're good early on in our and you are a surprise doesn't mean that it's a mirage. Sometimes if you start good, that actually means that you're actually good. Before I piggyback off of your twins talk here, anything else we need to talk about regarding the NBA playoffs? I mean, the Golden State Houston series. No. Uh, you know, James. I, I hate James Harden. I, I cannot stand him. Uh, I don't care if he gets poked in the eye or not. He's just a little 
be with an itch. Um, I just, just, I cannot stand the guy at all. So I hope Golden State wins that series. Anything else NBA playoff related though? We need to get into. I think it'll go six. Oh, yeah, I think mean, we got a chance here. They're good. Yeah, there, there's nothing going on. Yeah, I mean Portland Denver series. That, that seems to be worth that. Absolutely. So we'll see next week where we're at. Well, we will have the conference championships decided by next week, so that's a good thing. Uh, so the to to the to Major League Baseball though, and to the Diamond to piggyback off of your Twins talk here. I mean, last year the AL Central was terrible, and the Twins didn't take advantage of it. They had a very good chance, I thought, to get a wild card because it was Cleveland was the best team, but you know Detroit, Chicago, and Kansas City were all terrible. Well, the Twins obviously have improved their pitching staff, and they have taken advantage of the the soft uh, opening month, shall we say, because I think that's where a lot of people are a little hesitant on the Twins, and that's I think the Twins proved themselves last week by taking three out of four from the Astros in Minneapolis. They they lost two of three to the Yankees, but I mean, the fact I think that they, they won at least one game there, I think they can hold their own within that series. Or if, if the if the two teams meet again uh, in the playoffs, I think the, the Twins would do just fine. But they are actually beating the bad teams this year. They've swept, uh, they went 6-0 and against Baltimore this year. They haven't lost to the Tigers. Right, they haven't lost to the Royals. They haven't lost to the White Sox. I mean, that's that's a huge chunk of your schedule there. That's what you're going to have to do. And now the fact that the Indians are going to be without their ace or one of their aces, Corey Kluber, who has a fractured forearm, suffered last week against the Marlins. I mean, that this seems to be the that the Twins are going to have a magnificent chance here of taking a stranglehold of this division early on as long as they can beat the bad teams and that's what they seem to be doing best this year and and again that's why the Astro series was so big last week because I think that gave people a real sense like hey this team is good uh they're a team that we need to actually pay attention to as the year goes on they're 6-1 versus the division uh they're the best hitting team in baseball um, plugging percentage are number one in baseball. The guys they brought in, they've 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 done well. There's a lot of boomer bust with these guys. Nelson Cruz pretty consistent. He's been great. CJ Cron's uh, been amazing. CJ Cron's been good. Cron, excuse me. Yep. You know, twenty five home runs. That'll be fine. He'll hit you know two thirty. His on base percentage will be below average, three hundred probably. But he'll hit you some home runs, so that's what you're looking at there. Jonathan Scope's been good. Second base, and he's been a lot better. Um, I would say the three guys, I mean, Kepler's better. Yes. Uh, Polanco's at Polanco. He's been their best player. He had another home run tonight. He's been amazing. You think he's better than Rosario? Rosario had a home run. He had that, like, 0 for 23 stretch. I'd say Rosario's better when they're both on. Um... Uh, Rosario, he's like third in the league in home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Buxton, Buxton's good. Buxton's been average offensively, and that's all they've been asking for him to be, slightly above average. Uh, he leads the league in doubles. He has 15 doubles. His defense is great. Fastest player in the league. So everybody is doing well. There's really nobody. Mar- Marvin Gonzalez has been bad. The catchers have been amazing. They've been hitting the shit out of the ball. 
all three of them have been. Yeah, but but uh, but uh, oh, I'm sorry, Arwaldis or whatever. He's he's on the 10 day DL, right? Or IL? Yeah, yeah, Ostadio. Ostadio, thank you. hurt, but um, Garver's been hitting the hell out of the ball. Castro with a home yes. run tonight again. So those, those catchers, they're one of the best hitting catching uh, trios, duos, and all of baseball in the catcher position. So it's it's huge, huge improvements batting wise. And we, we've never in our lifetimes we've never seen a Twins team hit hit like this, Ooh. hit these many home runs, be this consistent. This is fun to watch. I mean, right now they're the best in offense in baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's insane to think of, and they're not doing it. You know, it's a bunch of slapping Judy here. I mean, they're hitting the shit out of the ball. Yeah, th- this they're is. Home run. They're going to hit 200 home runs, which is goddamn insane. This isn't your um, early 21st century Minnesota Twins Ron Gardenhire no. team with, you know, the Luis Rivas and Torrey Hunter and Jock Jones. Where, you know, yeah, they just slap it. You know, Christian Guzman slapping a single here and using your speed on the bags no. to, to, to generate runs. This is a power team. I mean, they brought in guys to hit home runs, and uh, Chrome, Scope, Cruz, they're hitting home runs. So this is uh, this is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, pitching's been good. Brios has been good. Uh, Martin Perez has been an unbelievable surprise. He went seven innings again tonight. No runs, two hits. He's been unbelievable. Oda Rizzi, uh, 13 shutout innings last week, gave up like six hits. He was the player of the week. Mm-hmm. And he ain't not the pitcher of the week, the player of the week. So, yeah, they are playing exceptionally. They're 21 and 20, and the best record in baseball. They're playing exceptionally well. 21 and 12. Right yeah. yeah. 21 and 12 right now. Yeah, 21 yeah. and 12. Uh, their record gets uh, Tampa Bay's only team with a better record. So, they got Detroit this weekend for the four, win three out of four against them. Uh, beat two out of three against Strom. And schedule's not tough. It, it, the schedule is never tough when you're the best team. So they got a West Coast road string, a swing next weekend. They're at Seattle. They've cooled off significantly. If you look at the schedule for the next, uh, uh, do you want to say that the uh, April schedule is soft? You should see the schedule for this week or for yeah. this month. The only team they play, they play Tampa Bay at the end of the month. They played Milwaukee before that, but... For the next three, for the, for the rest of this month before Labor Day, they don't play. They play the Angels six times. They play Seattle four times, uh, Detroit four times, White Sox for the first time. Not a difficult schedule. Uh, win, get, uh, get you know thirty five wins. Win, win fifteen games this month. Here, here's the question I was going to ask you at the out the at the outset of the podcast here that I'm hoping you'll be slightly impressed with. I don't find Pineda to be very good at all. I mean he, he has an ERA of over six. He's not very he's, he's two and three. He lost again Sunday against the, the Yankees. So, yeah, well, I don't know. You tell me, but I if you're looking for like a weak link, Kyle Gibson is is hit and miss, you know, it it seems like he's been more on this year than not. Is that a, is that a fair analysis? He, last year was his best year. Um, and then, during training, he was a little behind. He was sick. They lost some weight. He, he's not been great. No, he's he's not been good this year. Pineda's been coming out the Tommy John. He struggled. Three other guys. Pineda sucks. Sort of been great. Yeah. Those other two guys, now there's room for improvement. Pineda's awful. So, you know, if since the Indians haven't... Uh, you know, contacted Dallas Keuchel or gotten him to a contract yet. 
What what is stopping the Twins from going after a guy like Dallas Keuchel? Because I I just don't. The fact that Pineda has an over six ERA it, to me is somewhat alarming. I you know I get if he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, fine, but. You need to make sure that you have as the, the best you know guys in your starting rotation as possible. And to me, Pineda just is not cutting it right now. They need to do something with him. How many more starts do you give Pineda before you sound the alarm and say, okay, we're getting rid of you. We got to bring someone else in, whether that be Dallas Keuchel or someone else from their farm system or from the minors. Oh, I mean, Kimball and Keichel, I think they're going to sign pretty soon after this draft pick goes in. It's June or whenever this deadline is. Um, the draft pick associated with them, where if you sign them, you have to give up like a pretty high draft pick, like in the 30s or 40s. So teams don't want to do that. Change that rule, because that's a bad rule. That's why these guys are not signed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to find Keichel, yeah, if he wants to come in. Uh, yeah, for you know a handful of starts in the second half, that'd be fine. That you know an upgrade, but yeah, Pineda's not been good. So maybe you give him here the rest of the month and see what he can do. They haven't really used the opener at all. Um, they used it you know a little bit towards the end of last year. Thought they would use it more, especially for Pineda in his spot, but uh, but they haven't yet. Uh, so, so he struggles you know, to get, just to get to four or five innings. They've got guys they can go to. Uh, Steven Gonsalves, a lefty that doesn't throw very uh, hard. He struggled when they called him up, so that wasn't good. And I guess Lewis Thorpe would be the the main guy I would look towards as far you know. They, they've got a guy in Double A who is like a legitimate guy. Probably won't be up this year, but I would say next year. Uh, would be the guy, the top of the line guy. Um, Brewster Gretterill, I don't know how to say his name, but uh, he's like their top pitching guy. Hopefully he's up next year and still be only 21. So uh, Gratterall would be a guy. This year's probably too early, but he's, he's been very good. Okay. Uh, what other baseball notes do we need to get to? Do we need to get to? Or that you want to discuss? Oh, uh, I mean Tampa Bay is so good. You know, I think Tampa Bay and the Twins are the two, and, and Houston. I think all three of those teams win those divisions. I think the Yankees are a wild card, and if maybe Boston comes around or somebody else, Cleveland sticks around, Seattle, whoever it is. But um, Christian Yelich, he missed most of the week. Came back first at bat at home run, so he's great. Yes, he is. Entire week at home run. He's doing well. Uh, Cubs, Cubs are red hot right now. Uh, I know you hate the Cubs, but um, so the the East NL East has been disappointing. I'd say the NL Central is kind of going to be what people thought the East may be. Got St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, all right there, all year long. Maybe all three of those teams make the playoffs. But yeah, East has been a little disappointing. And uh, Dodgers have got the West wrapped up. So I mean, Padres like nineteen and sixteen. So hopefully, hopefully Padres continue to do well. Hopefully, they can finish over five hundred. Let's let's go Rockies. Let's go Nolan Arenado. Let's get some, oh, let, let's get it going here. Um, I guess I well, see- and, uh, and I, I mean Mike Trout continues to be great. Um, For an Cody awful Bellinger, team. Bellinger through a month plus is putting up some 
some crazy numbers. So, um, I mean, Mike Trout is, is the MVP. Uh, Otani, I think he should be back in a day or two as a DH. So, exceptional pitcher, exceptional hitter. So, he was exciting when he was doing both last year. And um, he had Tommy John surgery, so he'll he'll pitch next year, but he'll be their DH. So, that'll be exciting. He could he could probably still hit 20 home runs for him. So, Angel are a shit team, but uh, like they've got two of, the, two of the most exciting guys. I saw this article in USA Today uh, from May 1st about Major League Baseball's attendance issues. And ratings are down and stuff. Uh, 12 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams will draw fewer fans uh, or drew fewer fans this current year than they did same time last year. The worst off is the Blue Jays at a 33% drop. Well, that's because the Blue Jays suck. The Giants, they're experiencing a 17% drop off, 30, almost, you know, a little over 39,000 to just uh, now a little below 33,000. Well, that's because the Giants suck. The Marlins, a 16% drop off, uh, almost 12,000 fans to now just under 10,000. Uh, I'm surprised that it's even that high mean, for them. And then the Royals are down 15% because they suck. They're, they're, they're not good teams. And you have the Twins then listed here at an 18% percentage drop. It averaged over 21,000 fans uh, last year. Uh, it's not even 17 and a half this year through the first time. And, you know, it, it, you can look at it uh, as, you know, these teams suck. But in the case of Kansas City and Minnesota, in Minnesota especially, I think what, the, what uh, skews this article is the fact that the weather has been so bad, the winter's been so long, so why would people want to go sit in the cold and watch the Twins early on? I think I think the Twins will see a surge in attendance here throughout the summer, so I, I don't think baseball has an issue attendance-wise with the Twins, at least going forward. It's been that the weather was just so crappy this year, the winter was so long for many of these northern teams you know, like even Cincinnati, they say, has, has dropped off a lot. But the overall, so I don't know if, if you agree with me on that uh, regarding that point and the Twins in attendance. But overall, baseball with the ratings and the attendance dropping, uh, we have seen a surplus in home runs. And it sounds like maybe the ball's doctored up a little bit or you know, it's just it's different. Um what are your thoughts on baseball attendance overall dropping? And uh, how big of a concern is that? For Major League Baseball, I don't think it's either getting weather. I think your know, people will come out for the Twins. And they should have a lot more people than they've had in recent years because it's the best team they've had in a decade. So weather, yeah, weather sucks. Weather wasn't good for the Houston series. Uh, nobody gives a shit about Baltimore, for God's sake. Nobody cares about playing Detroit. So I mean, once you know, get the Yankees in there, they'll pack the place. You get better weather here. That'll, that'll be fine. Uh, ratings, I guess, nationally don't matter a whole lot. It's all local. Local ratings, that's where the money's at. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, so like that stuff. That, and the home run, it's, you know, like the three-point shot in the NBA. It's getting to a kind of a ridiculous level with the home runs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the ball. I mean, pitchers, even the last couple of years ago, Pitchers have been talking about the baseball and it's like harder and it's slicker and I mean the ball is have been doctored. Baseball is not admitting it, but I'll believe the pitchers will handle the baseballs all the time that they are. 
Oh, well, I mean, whatever. Yeah, just admit to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it, it makes it more exciting. So, I would have kept it the same, but whatever. Um, last year, I think, was the starting pitchers, I think it was an all-time low. What, about six and a third innings was the average or so. Now it's like a five and a third. So it's a dramatic drop. The entire inning shorter for the average starting pitcher. So I think it's going to come pretty soon to where the average starter is five innings or less. So we're getting pretty close to that. Okay. Um, and that would put the, that, that would put like the three hundred wins pretty pretty out of. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's out of that's out of there. Yeah. Again, I think, you know, the 200-inning pitcher, I mean, that's almost done with. Mm-hmm. So, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s having a bit of a rough start, not lighting the world on fire for Toronto. He will. Uh, he hopefully will. Uh, Nick Senzel, he's only played a couple games with Cincinnati. He's an outfielder. He's got three, four home runs already in his first couple games, so he's a big prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Denzel for Cincinnati. Like, I think he was ranked like the sixth best prospect in Major League Baseball yeah. when he got called up. So he's a, he's a legitimate guy. And um, I think everybody's picking Scherzer for Cy Young. And he's pitched five. I think they were like one and six in his starts. Through no fault of his own. Yeah, Nationals have been disappointing. But, yeah, they have been. I would say Cy Young right now, a month in. Um, for the National League is Luis Castillo. He's a guy for the Reds. His area is just under two. He's been very good. Uh, Luis Castillo for the Reds. Um, Tyler Glass now for Tampa. He's probably the Cy Young winner on that side. He's been very good. How about Barrios? He's, he, he's got to be like a top three candidate at this point. <laughs> he's got a bunch of wins. He's doing good. Gary's under three. So, um, He's there, yeah. Blast now, they got him. Tampa, I think Tampa early on won this Chris Archer trade. They got Tyler Glass now, who has very much improved. Mm-hmm. They got Austin Meadows. So they, they, he was an outfielder. They've done well. So, yeah, Tyler Glass now and Luis Castillo probably been the two best pitchers on, on both sides early on. Very good. Uh, we'll talk NHL playoffs coming up here with Marcus, but is there any, do you have any thoughts on the NHL playoffs or do you have any other thoughts in general? Cause I am all out. Carolina won, so that's good. Um, let's get the weird teams. Let's get Columbus in there as it, well. You know, Columbus Carolina. is out now. They have lost three, nothing to Boston. Oh. They are done. I, it, you know, if the Hurricanes make the Stanley Cup final, I want to see them play Colorado because I want to see a battle of mother nature oh. teams an avalanche against a hurricane. Breaking news, Columbus is out. When did this happen? Yesterday or? Uh, just like uh, like within the last hour. Okay, so that's bad. So, uh, Tiger Woods got his middle of thing, middle thing today from the races. So that's bad. Um, XFL has yes. a TV deal. Yep, Fox and ESPN. Oh, uh, yeah, games are going to get because cause the, uh, the other league that didn't even last a full season. Like the first week was on CBS, and the rest of them were kind of on CBS Sports Network, and nobody gets that. So nobody cared. NFL Network, too, I think, had a few games. Yeah. 
So this this TV deal, XFL getting, they're not getting any money, but I guess they're not paying anything. So TBC, Fox, they pay for all the production and everything. So they're not getting paid, but it is something. But it's like one o'clock and four o'clock every week on Sunday for the most part. Uh, like the one o'clock games on ABC, the four o'clock game was on Fox. So it's it's important whether the league lasts a year or two or whatever. But on the same time, every week for two months, you know when it's at, if you care about it, you know what to watch, when to watch it. So that's a, a, a good start. A you, good start for them. You know who won't be watching, though? Well, you or me or anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be watching. I don't know if you will be. I, uh, I certainly won't, though. I can't. To be better within the AAF, like last a full season, which I think they will. Like if they, if they could last, if they could get to a second season, I think that'd be an unbelievable accomplishment. Um, I'm reading a book right now, Football for a Buck. Have you heard about this book? I have not, no. It's about the USFL back in the 80s. And, uh, I mean, they lasted three seasons. Like, they had, like, you know, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Herschel Walker. They, you know, they had a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. That turned out to be really good. So, it's interesting to see this league from 35 years ago, how they went about it. And and Trump was basically the, the downfall of the league. He fucked it all up. Like, he does everything he touches. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that part. I'm about done with the first season of the league, and they're doing okay. So... You know, competition to, to the XFL, to the, to the NFL, it's not going to be. But, um, because at the time, Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers were awful. And, uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits in the, uh, USFL, they had Steve Spurrier as their coach and Burt Reynolds as like an owner. And just, it was interesting to see the different ways the teams approached mm-hmm. certain things. So, like, Tampa Bay, I guess, in his first season did well. Uh, with that, so yeah, XFL next year it, it can't do any worse than those other. Teams. Well, right, because they didn't make it out of the first season. Well, it, I, mean, the last I mean, a lot of people thought, oh, they got the jump on the XFL, and they could have used it to their advantage, but it didn't. And seems like the XFL has it's, it's a win for them early on, right? So whether they you know get through, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll get through a season. That won't be an issue, but just a matter of. If there's enough interest to have a, a second season. So hopefully they do well. Hopefully we'll see what happens. But good good news so far for them. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, anything else before we say so long? AJ Pitts White. Her mom's the coach at USD. Yep. Um, he was at Vermillion. Player of the Year last year. Went to Augustana. He was the freshman of the year. Now he's coming to USD. Play out to sit out a year, so it's fine for him. I don't know why he didn't go to USC in the first place. Um, he says he's doing this because like he's always wanted to be at USC, and because of the Division One transition, which I don't understand because they haven't announced they're going Division One yet. They are, but they haven't announced any timetable, mm-hmm. and. He has three years left, and even if they announce today they're going, that would not affect him. So I don't know if I'm not understanding something 
or he doesn't understand something. Well, I don't know what the hell the division one transition had to do with him transferring because Augustana is going to be division two for at least the next three to five years. So I, I don't know if I'm missing something or what, but I, AJ puts the white's explanation of Augie going division one to why he wants to transfer to USD didn't make any sense to me. It seems oxymoronic that someone would want to go to USD on purpose, yeah. but shot the shot. <laughs> Very good. All right, my friend, you have a very good week. I enjoyed seeing that wild shirt on you. Um, oh, yeah, it's the wild shirt. I'm very excited about it. You don't wear any at all teams as long as they're cheap and reasonably priced. Well, you know what? If we can convert you to being a wild or a hockey fan, if you pay more attention to it with that shirt on, then that's all we ask for. That's all we ask for. I will say this. I went to a Stampede game there a couple uh, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. on that seven girl. First hockey game I've been to in probably over 15 years. It was good. Um, Stampede, they're in the championship of their, their league, junior hockey. So they're in the championship, so that's good for them. Do they play Fargo? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. Um, and Aberdeen's got a team, too. They're doing well in whatever league they're in. So, yeah, Sioux Falls Stampede. And the crowd was good when I went a couple weeks ago. It was at the end of the regular season. Um, there was one official that looked like you. I'll just say that much. Really? I have a doppelganger out there, huh? Uh, I'll send you all maybe. So I found him on Facebook somehow. Okay. Um, all I'll right. Send him to you. He, he resembles the Snacking Family Tree. Um, this is what we picked up from a distance. There, there we go. So there's more of us out there. There's more of us out there. All right. Very good. Well, you, my friend, have a very good rest of your week, and we will talk with you next week, and hopefully the Twins uh, keep on winning. Happy birthday to all the mothers out there this week. Yes, Happy they're birthday. very good. Yes, Happy Mother's Day out there to them. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. You know, we don't have a whole lot going on here now. Uh, as the uh, you know, football draft is done. You know, so it's NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and baseball. And that's what we'll be talking about the majority of the summer. But it's great. You know, we'll have plenty to talk about if the Twins are good. And so far, they are. Hopefully you think this podcast is good each and every week. Uh, and each and every week you can find us on iTunes. Just search Sports Block Podcast. Also, uh, follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken. Uh, Travis is uh, at Travis Crins. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, Stanley Cup Playoff Talk. Haven't talked a lot about it. Probably won't talk a whole lot about it uh, afterward anyway, but we'll... we'll Squeeze a few minutes in with Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. It's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Mr. Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stack, and how are you? Good, good. Here to talk some NHL playoff here, but uh, first off, uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, had a controversial finish. We talked about it at length with Crins uh, to start the podcast. Uh, and since, you know, the NHL and uh, the Kentucky Derby share the same three-letter network, NBC, uh, I think that's a good segue, a good way to relate to it here. Um, so let me get uh, let me get your thoughts on it first, and I'll, uh, then I'll rehash mine here. Uh, but uh, sure. what, what were I, your I, you know, thoughts? I thought, um, you know, to, to start, um, you know, at first I thought it wasn't a- – wasn't the right call. I, I thought, you know, 
I, I think it's clear maximum security was the best horse. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, when you when you look at the replay and you see maximum security go across what they call three lanes, you know, in front of basically three horses, um, and you look at how close they were to running into each other and how dangerous that is, I I understand why they made the call they did. The more I watch it, the the more okay I am with the call that was made. So yep. I don't have a problem with that aspect. And uh, you know, I, I think it's more unfortunate that if you're maximum security, um, and I know the challenge of running three races in six weeks is a lot. But if you were the first horse across the line, I would think I'd want to be at the Preakness yeah. in two weeks to prove that I, you know, because it, there, you could make an argument that you were a near triple crown miss if you win the last two races too yeah i mean you, you and i i you know obviously the appeal you can say whatever you want about the appeal stuff i, I don't think they have a chance it's, it's already been denied i think tonight but um you know if you win the last two and you're kind of sitting there and, and you were the first one to cross in that first race and people are going to be talking about that for a long time so that, that's a great point. I mean, and you wonder, too, if they would win the appeal, would they change their mind? Like, okay, yeah, we are going to race in the Preakness. Cause obviously, I'm sure they would. Yeah. I'm sure they would. Yeah. Um, you know, initially when you when I first saw it, I was like, okay, Maximum Security won it. And then, you, then you know, they're all celebrating. What, Luis Saez, the, the jockey, everyone, everyone's all happy about it. And then you start thinking, oh, man, like, no, they've stopped celebrating. There, there's something going on here. Um. You know, I would have been fine had they stayed with the decision of maximum security to win. My my biggest problem in this is that the horse that ultimately wins, Country House, 65 to 1 odds. He was the, the second horse to cross the finish line. So it makes sense that he would be first. But he wasn't the horse that was impacted by maximum security veering over several lanes. I mean... That impacted what uh, the the toddy horse, and then what, was it like Bed Express or something? The, uh, Will Will the win as well? I believe well, was, yes. was one of them. Yeah. Yes, I mean, so th- there were several horses that were impacted that weren't Country House, and so for me, I think it, it's a little unfair to these horses, to these jockeys, to the owners, and to the trainers, and everyone, because because of what Maximum Security did, those horses could have had a very good. Uh, had a great shot to win the race as well instead of Country House. So, to me, I, I have a little bit of a problem with them just declaring Country House the winner. Though it, I get it because he was the second horse to cross the finish line. My whole, yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing is, who do you pick out of those three horses right. more that that you would say, okay, well that horse should be the winner, or we're going to rank them one, two, three. Yep. You know, there's just there's no way to do that. I mean, exactly. Just, to me, this is almost like. Um, any other race, it, it, I, you know, I don't know the rules of NASCAR completely well enough to say, but yep. you, you, you may see something similar in NASCAR. And Krenz brought um, that up as know, well. Right, and, and, you know, if it's a marathon runner where, you know, there's some sort of incident, you know, same thing. We just move down the list. Um, I, I just think, you know, I, I, I certainly see what you're saying. Um, that's, you know, I, I had that... Uh, uh, Krins mentioned uh, your blog, and I, I just said, "Well, I, I don't know how you would do that. I don't know how you could make a decision when the whole idea of, of you know, making your run all of a sudden you're cut off by maximum security. Right? Yeah. Who, who knows where those horses were going to end up? It's it's uh, completely out of their hands. I mean, I, I think there's a, also a certain um, justification that uh, Country House 
65 to one, as you mentioned, in the 20 slot post position, mm-hmm. which nobody ever wins from out there, ran a pretty good race to finish second. And yes. so I, in that sense, I don't have a huge problem with giving Country House the victory um, because that's a pretty good damn uh, run you've got to make to win uh, or to even finish second from that slot. So um, that that's just sort of my way of looking at yeah. it. I, you know, I, I, I just think you, you almost open up more worms by saying, well, we're going to try to figure out where we would have put these three horses and uh, and it was something, so there was something too about uh, maximum security that if because one of the horses he affected was mm-hmm. finished seventeenth, that's why maximum security was eighteenth. You right. know, so um, you know there could have been that where if those horses would have finished higher, all of a sudden maximum security is third or fourth or whatever. But um, that wasn't how it ended up. Working, yeah. So and and again, I'm not a horse racing expert, so I don't know the logistics of like all the rules and. And everything on how this would work and logistically because yeah, i thought well i mean maybe it would it, you would like to maybe see the the race re-ran well you can't do that with mm-hmm. with that especially right away and then okay well maybe you can uh push you know the preakness and the belmont stakes back a couple weeks you know redo the the kentucky derby in two weeks and just push everything back well that 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 wouldn't make sense that's not fair to to the the folks there in maryland or new york uh, then I thought, well, maybe you can uh, do the Kentucky Derby again. They're at the end, you know. If if it really came down to it, that this would, could decide a triple crown because it it just seems like it's an unfair deal. But then again, that goes into you know it's going to impact the whole horse racing schedule going forward for the rest of the year. The weather is certainly going to be more hot and humid down in Louisville. In you know at that point, we would be approaching the beginning of July, so that's not fair either i don't know what the best case scenario is i'm very unsatisfied with the decision but i get it i just it's such an unprecedented situation i guess to begin with because we've never had no horse has ever been disqualified at at the kentucky derby this is 145th running of the kentucky derby we've never seen anything like this i guarantee you like the replay rules and everything they weren't you know they just kind of had them put in place on the off chance that something happened and now this whole thing happens, you're opening up a can of worms. So I get it. I get the decision that's made. I wish they had, I think, stuck with it because in part two, when I look at that replay, I don't see uh, the jockey looking back and then purposefully veering off to the right. So I don't know if maybe he had lost control of maximum security a little bit. To me, I would have factored that in. Also, the sloppy track. And I even said it during the race that this was as clumped together of of a group of horses coming down the stretch that I could ever remember. I mean, there's like 10 or 12 just in this little little pocket there. Yeah. And so... I think it... I think that just leaves a lot of people unsatisfied with how it came to be. But you know what? And hearing what analysts have said, they say that the right call was made. I think I would have stuck with maximum security, but I certainly understand it. It's just the, the whole spectrum and everything... Again, I think the the word that I keep coming across with is unsatisfied. It just there's just not a good way to to leave this and feel good about the decision at, at the end of the day. Yeah, and if I could dovetail off a couple things you said there, you know, one, um, I guess I didn't, you know, I, I'm a bit of a horse racing fan in the fact that I probably make it to Canterbury Park once a year to sure. to go, and I I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I obviously watch, I'll watch all three of these races, even if there's probably not a, a triple crown As will on I. the line in yep. the third. But, um, you know, I like that the same standard 
was applied to this race, you know, the biggest uh, horse race of the year, as there would be to a ten thousand dollar you know, Thursday night race at Canterbury Park. I mean, yeah, if if this happened in that race, they'd call it, they'd disqualify the the horse, and we we'd be no worse for wear. So. Um, I like that that same standard is used. I, I feel like we talk about this in other sports of, well, would you call it the same in the playoffs, or would you call it the, you know, this is the sense of the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. These are the three, the three uh, horse races that mean the most. So, you know, you're right. 145 years of running the Kentucky Derby, we probably weren't ready for this. You know, if the general fans, general population wasn't ready to have a winner knocked down, but it happened. You know, yes. and I, I, I think the fact that they handled it relatively well was was good. Now, I guess there's always been stewards who always have tried to evaluate the race. Even in the case of no replay, they're looking through binoculars trying to see if anything looks out of place or you know inter- interview the jockeys afterwards. So I guess that's always been a part of horse racing. And from what I've understood, you know, the looking at at least the basic you know press box camera has been around for a long time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, that's another way of looking at it, that at least it's um, you, you've sort of combined the technology with a well, well-used well formula. It's not like yes. they just created this a couple years ago, so that's good. Yep. And, also, and the other thing I would say is that, um, you know, this is ultimately, it's probably good attention uh, for horse racing, even though you, you don't want to see it this way, but mm-hmm. it gets people talking. Yep. The fact that it was on the Today Show this morning is is not the worst thing in the world no and uh you know i the the, the right thing is probably going to happen in two weeks when country horse gets finishes sixth and mm. has no no prayer or whatever right um i guess we can i guess we can live with that if, if that's the case this the theory that I, and I just remembered this but the theory you talked about with the jockey not having control of the horse you know he had said that he, he thought maximum security got spooked you know mm-hmm. young horse and i guess you know from some horse people that had kind of said that you know when you're coming to that that final turn um you see all the crowd and the crowd gets loud the crowd's not really there is crowd in, in the middle of the track or other places but not like that so he may actually right. have been spooked you know I, I was somebody who didn't really buy that uh to start but that the more it's explained to me the more it sounds like it could have possibly happened so that's one possible theory um you know, yeah, these are the best jockeys in the world. You would think that they'd be able to at least, you know, keep their horse from going three lanes across. Um, and I would also uh, just kind of jump on the one comment you said. I think 20 horses is way too many. I yeah. realize that this is the pinnacle of the season. This is, the, you know, if you're a uh, – the Kentucky Derby is only open to three-year-olds, right? So we're only horses uh, born in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so these are the 20 best three-year-old horses. Uh, but I don't. I think twenty is too many. I mean, uh, going back to Canterbury Park, I mean, you never see a, a race with more than like ten or twelve horses, and I would say fifteen would be plenty. So um, that may have to be part of the, the solution too, because if we had an incident where a horse goes down, we're talking five or seven horses going down, yes. and we we would be having a much different conversation right now. Yep, and so. and that's certainly a factor too. Of course, when when you mention or when we talk about maximum security going over, is that he does, you know, his hind legs do make contact with another horse, and you don't want to see. I think the horse's safety is first and foremost what everyone needs to be concerned about. Yes, the jockey's health as well, but you're right. I mean, if 
if there's a collision there and all of a sudden several horses go down, we're talking about possibly putting them down on the track. And I, I can't remember the horse's name, but we had that happen a f- number of years ago. And mm-hmm. that was something that just people hated and freaked out about. Uh, right. PETA especially. Well, and, and <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be any better if we had a jockey paralyzed or right. jockey killed. Yes. You know, so... Uh, and it, it just sort of drives home how dangerous this is, and and whether you want to get into an ethical thing of whether or not horse racing's right or wrong, I, you know that's that's uh, not an, an argument I'm going to make. But um, you know these are 1,200 pound animals, and yes. jockeys are 100 and you know 20 pounds or whatever they are dripping wet. And so, yeah, and dripping wet. And so this is just uh, you know there was a guy in the race who was I think 58, oldest jockey ever. You know, so it's I mean it's just. Uh, it, no pun intended. It's a different animal uh, yes. than what we see in, in almost any other sport. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. So, yeah, and to your point, I mean, how good it can be for horse racing, the fact that we do keep talking about it, the fact that it has made segments. I mean, Golik and Wingo on Monday had uh, multiple segments in the first couple of hours and I did, I, they may have had it the last couple hours, but in the first two hours, there were multiple segments about this, which shows just how big of a deal and how much of an anomaly this is. And so I, I think that does help to a degree. But uh, as I also said on Saturday, country house winning, is, to me, is a bit of a country crock. But, uh, Get uh, out of here with that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would also say that you know I'm sure there's plenty of people who watch the Derby uh, this is the one horse race they're going to watch every year. They probably forgot Justify won the Triple Crown yep. last year or American Pharaoh, you know, three, four years ago. So, yep. um, yeah, for some people, it'll be in in uh, in one one ear and out the other. And maybe so. maybe we'll rem- we'll probably remember this more than we will Justify or American Pharaoh. I mean, I think like, yeah. that's a very yeah. good argument that you can make for that case. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's switch from the track to. A track made of ice. The ice rink there. The NHL playoffs going on. We do know the Eastern Conference Finals. They are set. And I think it's one that everyone had. Uh, when we talked at the beginning here, uh, Tampa Bay had just gotten eliminated from the by the Columbus Blue Jackets. No one had that, of course. I don't think anyone had Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know I sure didn't. I had Washington taking care of them relatively easily and for that they started out what down two nothing in that series to Washington and to win four of the final five games there and then to sweep the Islanders that's awfully impressive this Hurricanes team is an impressive bunch yeah I, I like them for a lot of reasons obviously they've, they've sort of made uh, you know they've figured some stuff out on the ice but they're just a, a fun bunch right they've sort of leaned into the the celebration stuff. They've yep. leaned into being called a bunch of jerks by Don Cherry, who's a cranky old uh, putz. Yeah, so, um, that's a nice I, I think term for the, him. The fact that they've uh, sort of leaned into all this. I mean, they um, the first two games of the, that series with the Islanders were close. Uh, each won goal games. And then they, they just dominated them at home. And I thought that was great. And so um, I'm really excited to see how things turn out. I mean, uh, I can't remember if we did the uh, – the season preview, I think we did. Yep. Um, and we, you know, they were they were the new coach, right? Uh, Rod Brindamore, and everybody's like, why the hell are they hiring him? You know, what what point is that really going to make? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much credit you give him for, for where they're at right now, but it's worked. There's no question about that. So, yep. um, <coughs> excuse me. So, I, I think uh, the Hurricanes, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Bruins here in a second, but 
I'm I'm going to be going for the Hurricanes because it's just uh, a little bit more interesting. You got the um, you got Nino there. You got Nino there. Yeah, you've got uh, Sebastian Ajo, right? So he's been uh, um, been a really exciting player to watch. And uh, yeah, why not root for Carolina? Something different now. Carolina, like they make the playoffs once every fifteen years, but when they make it, they really go for it. So, yes, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, the fact that the Islanders, I guess, played at the Nassau Coliseum for the first round against Pittsburgh, and then switched to the Barclays Center, I think, for the second, that makes no sense to me. Why wouldn't you just stick with one place? I get that they've played at the Barclays Center here now for the last couple of years during the regular season, and then you know, in a playoff run before, but. Uh, some people think that that maybe had a factor. Like, they just kind of lost their identity and mojo and energy after that. Does, do you buy into that at all? I have no idea. They should have just lost out of protest for having to have a car uh, next to the rink or next to the uh, dashboards <laughs> like they're playing in uh, Finland or something. So um, I, I would have lost just on, on that basis alone. Um, it was weird. I, I remember reading about it like three weeks before the playoffs started that you know, when they made the playoffs, this was going to be the scenario that, you know, the first round games were going to be at Nassau, and then after that it would be at Barclays. I still don't understand what the reasoning was, um, but I think it's stupid. Yep. I think Barclays, is, is, it's kind of uh, been very obvious that this is, it's not an experiment that's working. I mean, when you can uh, only see, you know, two-thirds of the ice in some spots, I don't really understand what the point is of continuing to play there, other than I'm sure it's a nicer arena. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, I, I think the NHL, right? If they've decided that they're not going to just up and move the Islanders somewhere else, they have to come to a realization that Nassau Coliseum is probably their best bet. And I realize it doesn't have a ton of suites, but they have renovated it. It's as good as it's ever going to be right now. And so. I think they are making a new arena for them. I think there's a new arena all along like the Belmont State grounds. Uh, that so they will be moving into a new arena at some point down in that location. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to worry too much about the Islanders uh, with their because it seems like they decide one thing and then it ends up being another. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. Bring back the Gordons fishermen, put it on the uniform. I don't <laughs> care. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, the Boston Bruins have just eliminated the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I mean that. Blue Jackets gave them everything they could ask for in the first three games. I think there were a number of people who were a little nervous uh, that the Bruins wouldn't get it together, but they have. Charlie Coyle's played very well. Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't like the Bruins, of course, because of Brad Marchand and because he's a he's a, you know we don't want to talk about putzes. He's he's a putz. Uh, yeah. He's a dirty putz. Uh, no one really likes him, uh, but they do have a lot of firepower. A lot of really potential with this team and I I guess I would lean towards them in their series against Carolina just because of you know the experience and they seem to have a little more firepower and flair but um I mean certainly I wouldn't put it past Carolina to take them down but this Boston team is very good yeah I think that series is going to come down to goaltending uh Tuka Rask was really good in the last two games I mean I, I yes. know game five was a a 4-3 game, but he made like 34 saves. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they, they needed a big performance from him towards the end of the series, and they got it. Uh, Pasternak won that. Uh, to me, the series was won in game five. They had the big win uh, with the, you know, goal with about 80 seconds left. So that was huge. And then they sort of flipped the series uh, in their favor in game six. And, 
yeah, I think it's going to come down to goaltending. Uh, we didn't mention uh, Peter Morazic for for the Hurricanes. Yes. He's been pretty solid for them. Um, so you're looking at Rask and Morazic, you know, two of the best uh, goaltenders in the playoffs so far. Well, and McElhaney is uh, the oldest goalie on the on an NHL roster in these playoffs for Carolina. He came through with a couple of uh, with at least one big win in that series against the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I mean, you you said it about. Uh, about the Bruins, uh, they're showing the replay of Charlie McAvoy with the headshot in, in Game 6 uh, as we're taping this. Then um, that was stupid that he only got two minutes for that. Um, Marchand has been just dirty as hell in this series. Um, they're impossible to root for, I, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, they just, uh, why would I Why would I root for a guy like Marchand? He's an incredible player, 13, player, 13 points in these playoffs already, uh, which is right up there amongst the leaders, but um. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. Pull, that's my main reason for pulling for Carolina. I just sure. too much cheap, too much cheap stuff right now for Boston. And the ageless Zdeno Chara too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and you you raised the point about uh, Charlie Coyle uh, in a Nito Nita writer for for the Hurricanes. That's frustrating if you're a Wild fan, but um, they absolutely are playing freer for these two teams than they ever did for the Wild. I mean, there's yes. uh, so much pressure put on uh, Coyle his whole time with Minnesota. And he does, he's not forced to be a big-time guy for Boston. Um, you know, Niederreiter, I think, in just some ways, he's, he's playing on a much better line, uh, a little bit more cohesive line for Carolina. And so that's just something we've, we've probably got to live with if you're a Wild fan, but um, frustrating nonetheless. Yep. Uh, let's move. To, so you, you want Carolina to win. Are you going to pick Carolina to beat Boston? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right, I'm going to go with Boston because you know my picks haven't been good. So why not the why not go with another team? Uh, sorry, Boston, just jinxed you. There, common sense absolutely says Boston, but yep. I'm just I'm getting a jerks vibe here, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to stick with the jerks here. I mean, the upset, no division team won of series. I think that's the first time they said since you know they moved to this. Uh, the, the, to the playoff format that, like circa 1967 or whatever, that no division, no team that won their division made it out of the first round. I mean, that's it. That's an insane statistic. And you think about all the game sevens that we've had, uh, ha- that we had in the first round. We're getting one in the Western Conference tomorrow night on a Tuesday night with St. Louis and Dallas. We potentially could see it uh, with Colorado and San Jose if Colorado wins as we're taping this here now. Um, I mean, the Western Conference, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I I don't really care who wins. I don't I don't have a – I don't like Dallas. I don't want Dallas to win for sure. Probably Colorado would be second on that list. There's not a team, though, that I'm really actively rooting for, and it just seems like the West, it's just kind of there. It's kind yeah. of blah. I mean, I would say that you're going to be pulling, or like, it, like if Boston makes it out of the Carolina series, they're going to be the the heads on the, the overwhelming favorite, regardless of who they take on in the West. Um, I, Car- I think that's most of the case. I, I think there's an argument to be made for San Jose, sure, uh, yep. if they have their stuff together. But yeah, you're you're probably right. And Boston will be a a favorite. Uh, so in that St. Louis Dallas game or series game seven, the road teams won four of the six. So maybe that makes you want to favor Dallas a little bit. But uh, what do you what do you take away from that series? Well, and it's interesting you mentioned the road game. St. Louis five and one in these playoffs on the road, and now they have to play game seven at home, uh, where they've been kind of weird. So um, 
I, I, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I, I'm not crazy about the St. Louis team. They're, they're obviously crazy talented. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Dallas, you know, Dallas has these, I, I still can't get over the fact that, you know, we had it, you know, in December or whatever, you got the CEO just chewing out the, the two best players, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. And ever since then, not that they've been, all been amazing every every moment of the way, but they're still playing, right? Pretty they're damn one of the close. Last eight teams, right? And I I, I, I can't I I still kind of keep coming back to that. I know we're a long ways away from it, and it's probably ancient history to the folks in Dallas. But um, I guess gun to my head, I'd probably take St. Louis at home. Um, I don't feel terrifically comfortable about it. I I do kind of like whoever wins that. I, I don't know. You're, you're right. It is a total crapshoot because there, there's a case to be made for all four teams. You know, mm-hmm. if Colorado's still alive, they've got so much talent. Uh, and when they put it all together, they're they're probably the best team in the West when they've got it going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they just they run so hot and cold, and they've got Grubauer and Net, and so it's hard to really know what the hell's going on sometimes with this team. But, um, you know, I, 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 think, I think gun to my head, I, I probably got St. Louis and uh, – and San Jose playing each other, and I'd probably take San Jose in that instance. But you know, we're we're a, a goal or two from having this whole dichotomy switched anyway. So absolutely, um, you know, I'm sure by the time this publishes, uh, this whole series will be uh, on its head. Has so. it been more difficult to watch the NHL playoffs this year? In part, be in part because the Wild aren't in it, so there, we don't have a horse in the race. Uh, you know. Pun not intended, even though we did just talk about the the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely, absolutely intended by staff. Okay, okay, you 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 can read me like a book. Um, has it been more difficult, or is it also because there are just these teams? Uh, you are taking you're you're kind of falling in with the with the jerk mantra here. You really like the Carolina Hurricanes and kind of what they stand for, but to me, there's just not a team that I overwhelmingly would like to see win the cup you know, and cheer for. Yeah. And it's been a little bit difficult throughout these playoffs then, especially when, you know, the Capitals lose. Because I wouldn't have minded seeing Ovechkin, you know, and the Capitals advance a little bit more. You wanted to see T- Tampa Bay and see how good they did. I-, I wanted to see Nashville advance a little further too. I- to me, it's been a little difficult to to sit and watch these playoffs because there's no horse in the ra- Again, horse in the race. There's just no, no team that I actively am rooting for yet the playoffs have been so good with all the game sevens that you and all these close games that you have to watch because they've been so good it's just been a little difficult to watch the playoffs though i'm not going to lie this year yeah i i would completely agree i i think i've had uh, a few different factors at play you mentioned the wild not being in it that makes it more difficult mm-hmm. um you know more broadly speaking uh both the nba and the nhl i just for whatever reason, I've had a hard time following it. You know, yes. where it's just like I, I either forget it's on, or I'm just not that driven into to watching every minute. Um, I've I've got a, a two. I like to, to post this all the time. I got two screens in my living room, and so I've always got something on both of them. And there's just nights where you know I'll be watching the Twins instead. You know, and that might be a part of it too, where I pay a lot more attention to baseball earlier in the season. Sure. Than I normally would, yep. and uh, that that certainly could be part of it too. As I sort of talk out loud about it, so um, yeah, I think there's just a bunch of different factors. I think the teams definitely have something to do with it. You know, some of these teams are just lesser-known commodities, right? We don't know a lot about Columbus. We don't mm-hmm. know a lot about Carolina, Colorado. We kind of know, but we don't really know 
you know, St. Louis, you kind of dislike him for a couple of years ago when they beat the Wild, but it's not really the same characters necessarily either. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas is weird. Um, San Jose is the ultimate weird team. They've been weird for 10 years, you know, so um, you just it just feels like we're kind of living with a bunch of teams that we kind of know, but, you know, it's the playoffs and it's completely unpredictable. And uh, we, we probably should be watching more of it just based on that, but uh, easier said than done sometimes. Yeah, and I, I'm in the same boat with you. I've watched less of the NHL and NBA playoffs this year than I have in, in many years. And I think from the NHL standpoint, they need Boston in there for for ratings purposes. They need Boston because Carolina's not going to draw much, and I can't see any of the four teams in the West being a big draw. The NHL absolutely needs Boston in the Stanley Cup final. Well, that's my other reason for rooting for Carolina. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> Give me Carolina, Carolina, Colorado, Carolina, St. Louis, Carolina, San Jose. See, that'd be that'd be great. And that's so. why I want Carolina and Colorado because I want a battle of the Mother Nature teams. I want an that's avalanche right. against a hurricane, and I want to see what team ultimately can prevail. That's what I would want to see. You, you're always rooting for disaster, stacking. <laughs> oh, you don't you know it? Don't you know it? Uh, so, yeah, with, with that being said, uh, we'll, we'll see here. Uh, we'll try and get you on in uh, another week or a couple weeks, and uh, then we'll have the Stanley Cup final, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, I always appreciate the time, Marcus, and uh, we'll chat soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Take care, Stacking. Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here. Hockey talk and horse racing with the great Marcus Traxler. Appreciate it as always. And as always, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at NDStacking. Uh, Facebook, Nathan Stacking. Let's get you the 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 handle for Marcus. I believe we got, uh, I think it's at MD Traxler. Or is that his father? Marcus Traxler. At Marcus Traxler. Excuse me. Yes. Should know that. At Marcus Traxler. Uh, on Twitter. So follow him there at Traps Crins. Follow me at Andy Stacken. Facebook Nathan Stacken. The link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We will be back next week with another edition. NBA playoff talk, NHL playoff talk, no horse racing, but baseball as well. And anything else of note. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken again saying thank you and we hope you tune in again to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, including my own and my wife. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Talk to you next week. Sports Block Podcast.